Hello, everyone, and welcome to the December 12th edition of WarCom Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Folds with Floyd, Scarin, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started with our litigation report. The Court of Appeal clarified the constitutional limits on a court's ability to interfere with workers' compensation law. Here's what happened in the published opinion of Batista versus State of California. Individual farm workers and the United Farm Workers of America filed suit against the State of California, the Department of Industrial Relations, and the Occupational Safety and Health Standards Board. The suit alleges that the current heat illness prevention regulation promulgated by the Standards Board does not ensure the safety of farm workers from heat-related illnesses. Frustrated by the administrative processes before the Standards Board to amend the heat illness prevention regulation, the plaintiffs turned to the courts, seeking declaratory and injunctive relief to improve those standards. The Superior Court dismissed their case and the farm workers appealed. The dismissal was sustained by the Court of Appeals in the published opinion. Here was the reasoning of the court. The California Constitution grants the legislature plenary power to create a complete system of workers' compensation, including a full provision for securing safety in places of employment. This plenary grant of authority permits the legislature to enact, amend, and repeal workers' compensation laws as it deems appropriate. Pursuant to its plenary power, the legislature enacted a statutory scheme known as the California Occupational Safety and Health Act of 1973 to assure safe and healthful working conditions. The act is administered by three agencies, including the Standards Board. In 2005, the Standards Board promulgated the Heat Illness Prevention Regulation, which applies to all outdoor places of employment. <clears throat> The regulation sets forth standards for access to drinking water and shade, high heat procedures for employers, and training to recognize the risks for heat illnesses. Subsequently, the farm worker organizations advocated improvements to the existing heat illness prevention regulation, but they claimed these efforts were futile and thus were left with no choice but to ask the court to require the state to make these changes. In other words, the farm workers are asking the court to intrude on the legislative and executive branches by declaring that they need to improve the heat illness prevention regulation. However, if the courts intervene as they request it would violate the state's separation of powers clause. The separation of powers doctrine places limits upon the actions of each branch of government with respect to the other branches. The judiciary, in reviewing statutes enacted by the legislature, may not undertake to evaluate the wisdom of the policies embodied in such legislation. Absent a constitutional prohibition, the choice among competing policy considerations in enacting law is a legislative function. The dismissal of the case was therefore affirmed. Officials fear that a new federal Medicare case may hinder workers' comp settlements. Here's what happened in the federal case of Vernon Haddon versus United States of America. Mr. Haddon suffered a vehicular accident in 2004. One driver who was never identified forced another driver who was a defendant in the lawsuit into Mr. Haddon's vehicle causing the accident. 
The unidentified driver was 90% at fault and the second driver was only 10% at fault. Thus, Mr. Haddon was only able to recover 10% of his damages. However, Medicare insisted on collecting all of their conditional payments from his settlement. His attorneys argued that only 10% of the settlement should be dedicated to Medicare reimbursement. A panel of the 6th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in Cincinnati disagreed in a split decision, saying that Mr. Haddon was obligated by the Medicare Secondary Payer Act to reimburse the full amount to Medicare. Experts say the ruling will have a chilling effect on settlements, awards, and judgments in the liability and workers' comp arenas. Michael Merlino, the Vice President of Medicare Compliance for Cedric Claims Management Services in Atlanta, said that it is impractical for Medicare to seek full reimbursement in cases where plaintiffs cannot make a full recovery for their damages. He also said the ruling could result in fewer settlements and, ultimately, less money for Medicare to recoup. Medicare does allow beneficiaries to file for a reduction of their liens. However, the process can take months and carriers often are left waiting to close claims or paying extended workers' comp benefits in the meantime. And indeed, Mr. Haddon filed for a Medicare lien reduction, but Medicare secondary payer law does not seem to allow apportionment based upon comparative fault. Some Medicare watchers had hoped the apportionment decision in Haddon would align with a September 2010 ruling by the 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. In Carvendella Bradley versus Secretary of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Medicare was allowed to recover only $788 of a $52,500 wrongful death settlement. The government sought to collect nearly $22,500 in that case, but the 11th Circuit Court found that the deceased family held a majority interest in the award. The diverging Haddon and Bradley decisions ultimately could put the issue before the U.S. Supreme Court. And now our fraud report. Robert Francis Gale owns and operates three Northern California companies, Ace Building Maintenance, NorCal Services Group, and Maids at Home. The businesses provide cleaning services for homes and offices throughout the Bay Area. Investigators learned that Gale had allegedly misrepresented the nature of his company's operations, their safety record, and grossly underreported his employees' wages in an effort to fraudulently reduce his work comp insurance premium. Gale was arrested and charged with four counts of workers' comp insurance fraud, all felonies. If convicted on all counts, Gale faces a maximum of 15 years in state prison and would be ordered to pay full restitution. The owners of San Marino's Huntington Pharmacy pled not guilty to charges of conspiracy to commit health care fraud at their federal court arraignment. Fick Lim, his wife and co-owner, Thena Ku, and 14 others, including a doctor, were arrested during a raid on various locations in October, culminating a two-year sting operation that began with the San Marino Police Department. The scheme involved the couple's business, Huntington Pharmacy, and a separate firm, Manor Medical Imaging Clinic in Glendale. Lim was released on 
$100,000 bond after his arrest, and Koo was released on a $50,000 bond. Huntington Pharmacy reopened for business shortly after the arrests. A thriving underground economy is costing California about $7 billion annually in lost tax revenue and undercutting companies that play by the rules. That has state officials vowing to crack down on employers who pay their workers cash under the table to avoid payroll taxes, workers' compensation insurance, and other government mandates. Agencies including the Employment Development Department and the Contractor State Licensing Board increasingly are coordinating efforts to target suspected violators. And the Department of Industrial Relations Acting Director Christine Baker said it's also ratcheting up efforts to find cheats. Computerized searches are helping the agency flag companies that file some tax and insurance documents but fail to submit other required reports. A recent review of records from nearly 1,500 employers showed that nearly a third lacked legally required workers' comp insurance. Off-the-books laborers likewise don't pay income taxes while their employers avoid payroll taxes to fund unemployment insurance benefits. California's underground economy has been growing for years, but concerns have been heightened by the economic downturn. Cash-strapped consumers and businesses increasingly have been turning to shadow operators for lower-cost roofing, cleaning, warehousing, and other services. A recent survey of 305,000 licensed contractors in California showed that nearly two-thirds had filed papers with the licensing board claiming that they should be exempt from carrying workers' comp insurance because they had no employees. Experts said it's likely many of those contractors are illegally misclassifying the status of their employees to avoid carrying work comp insurance. Tax and insurance cheating is rampant in the construction, janitorial, courier, landscaping, and food service fields. And in regulatory news, the DWC Medical Unit changed its policy on panel reviews after the WCAB announced that the Maselli case will have prospective application only. An earlier Medical Unit Newsline announcement stated that there would be a comprehensive review of QME panels to locate those that were issued in violation of the Maselli case time limit constraints. The Maselli decision concerned the timeline for negotiating the selection of an AME before requesting a panel QME. On November 22nd, the Appeals Board issued its opinion and decision after reconsideration clarifying that the September 26th decision is to be applied prospectively from that date. Accordingly, the medical unit will only review panel requests filed after September 26th for compliance with the Maselli timeframes. And in medical news, General Electric and Microsoft are forming a joint venture to develop and sell software systems to make it easier for healthcare providers to store, access, and share patient information. The 50-50 venture will initially employ about 700 people and be based near Microsoft's headquarters in Redmond, Washington. The goal is to develop open software systems that would allow multiple healthcare providers to track patients. For example, allowing a diabetic patient's primary care physician to see how recently he or she has been to the podiatrist to check blood flow to his or her feet. 
The developers think this will help bend the national medical cost curve. GE, whose core healthcare business is making medical imaging devices, has been stepping up its presence in healthcare computer systems in recent years. The largest U.S. conglomerate already formed a joint venture with chipmaker Intel Corporation to develop devices to allow doctors to monitor patients' health remotely. And in financial news, the DWC announced reduced assessment rates next year for self-insured employers and workers' compensation policies by over $100 million for the Workers' Compensation Administration Resolving Fund and other funds. In addition to funding the work of the DWC and partially funding the work of Cal-OSHA assessments, also fund anti-fraud efforts by the California Department of Insurance and local district attorneys. It pays benefits to injured workers whose employers were illegally uninsured and provides compensation to injured workers who already had a disability or impairment at the time of their injury. The lower assessments reflect cost reductions achieved through fiscal controls put in place by Governor Brown. These annual assessments are authorized by Labor Code Sections 62.5 and 62.6. The assessment for next year has been reduced by 28%. Insurers must pay the assessment for policyholders and recover those funds from policyholders through workers' compensation policy surcharges and assessments. A catastrophe bond being offered by the California State Compensation Insurance Fund could pave the way for more disaster-related workers' compensation coverage. Three-year Class A senior notes are to be issued on behalf of the state fund by Golden State Ray Limited, a newly incorporated special-purpose insurer based in Bermuda. The bond would cover workers' comp claims caused by earthquakes through December 2014. The state fund said it is in the process of evaluating its reinsurance and will have more to say on this issue after the bond issue is complete. Standard & Poor's said this is the first catastrophe bond it has rated that is used for reinsuring workers' comp claims. Analysts claim that the state fund bond could prompt other workers' comp insurers to look at similar ways to transfer disaster-related risks. Catastrophe bonds expand the supply of potential reinsurance, which could lower the cost. This catastrophe bond will cover earthquakes across the United States, though most of all the risk exposure is expected to come from California. A risk analysis shows that only three major earthquakes in the U.S. history, including the 1994 Northridge earthquake, could have generated losses that exceeded the bond's attachment point. Standard & Poor's, citing this analysis, also noted that those quakes would have needed to occur during peak workday hours to trigger state funds bond coverage. And in other news, Stephen Festa, the Senior Vice President and Chief Claims Officer at Employers Insurance Company of Nevada and Employers Compensation Insurance Company, has been named Vice Chair to the Board of Governors of the California Insurance Guarantee Association. Festa most recently served as SEGA's board secretary and treasurer. Festa first joined the SEGA board in 2009, representing employers as an insurer member, and remains the only C-level claims executive to serve on the SEGA board. 
Wayne Wilson, the SEGA executive director, said that Stephen has played an integral role in SEGA, and it is clear that his dedication and focus on SEGA is helping to improve organizational processes. Festa has served as Senior Vice President and Chief Claims Officer of Employers Insurance Company of Nevada and Employers Compensation Insurance since 2004. He has over 25 years of industry experience. And that's all our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and for much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports using your iPhone, your iPad, or iPod by searching for WorkComp Academy in the iTunes Store. Again, I'm Renee Foles with Floyd, Scarin, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today, and please drop by again next week for more news.